Welcome to Tee Up Logistics Insights, presented by iDrive Logistics and ShipCaddy. Our hosts take a deep dive into logistics, supply chain, and small parcel shipping with special emphasis on the landscape of the e-commerce industry and behind the scenes of the warehouses supporting the backbone of American business. Welcome back. It is another season of Tee It Up Logistics Podcast, sponsored by iDrive Logistics, as always. Excited to be joined today by Mr. Glenn Gooding, who needs no introduction, but I'll still give him a chance to reintroduce himself. He's been on past podcasts and has enlightened us with his information before. Real quickly, since I'm joining for the first time, I'll give a quick introduction of myself. My name is TJ Roberts. I have had a few years in this crazy world that we call supply chain of Worked in some transportation, specifically in the parcels and LTL space for going on 11 years now, uh, and excited to get to work with the iDrive team and also get to work with industry experts just like Glenn. Glenn, great to see you again, as always. Good to be here, TJ. Thanks for having me and uh, teeing this up. Appreciate it. Glenn, I know a lot of our listeners have heard you before, but as we dive in today and start talking about this general rate increase that seems to be on everyone's mind. Take us through just a couple minutes of your background again so that we can really understand the the depth that you understand this industry. Sure thing. You know, my, my goal is not to bore the listener, that's for sure. But uh, I've, uh, I've been in this space for too darn long, 36 years, I think, if I were, if I were counting and doing math. I think what, what allows me to bring something to this party is I've been in the guts of the small parcel world for a really long time. So I, I know it intimately from an operator's perspective, an industrial engineer's perspective, from a revenue management perspective, you know, how the carriers manage these things. And then also from the, uh, the contract engineering side of things, you know, helping clients better understand the market. It's, uh, it's what I do. So. I hope I can offer some value and try not to uh, put any of the listeners to sleep or bore them on things, bring something fresh to the party. No, not, not concerned about that at all, Glenn. This is, this is one of the topics that I am hearing on a weekly basis, almost a daily basis with customers, potential customers, as we're having conversations. And the GRI, the general rate increase, maybe take just a quick minute, give us a little bit of a background on the GRI. Has this always been something that we dealt with? Those who are new to transportation have probably just accepted the GRI, but what what's a little bit of the the background from your experience with the GRI? Sure. So the, the general rate increase is, a, is an opportunity for the carriers to update their terms of service, their tariff, their, their rates for an upcoming fiscal timeframe. In this case, the calendar year, they don't reserve um, the opportunity to do that at their will or at their whim throughout. But there is kind of a formal reset every single year, and this is it. With regard to how long has it been going on, or where did it come from? My goodness, it's it's been happening for a long, long time, uh, well before I think UPS was competing with FedEx or FedEx even existed. Mm-hmm. I would tell you, if you really want to geek out on this, I would say the first rate increases at UPS occurred when UPS entered into a labor relationship with the Teamsters that ensured a year-over-year wage increase. 
Once UPS was faced with that specter, they had to increase revenues. Hence, rate increases really entered the marketplace. And that's been a long, long time ago. Um, it's evolved over time. And I think the reason why we're talking about it is it's gotten quite complex. It's very, very hard. And it's almost like listening to an announcement from the Congressional Budget Authority on progressive tax rates. You know, what they tell you and what versus what they take out of your paycheck and what you pay in taxes may entirely be two different things. And so I'm hoping I can offer some insights to that as we have a conversation today. Yeah, that's great. I I totally agree. In fact, a phrase that I heard a few years ago with death was death, taxes, and GRI. And that has become pretty much the mantra. When I started in the industry, the GRI was fairly predictable. Obviously, FedEx and UPS were were head and head, neck and neck, you know, with DHL kind of floating out there trying to, you know, come in and and provide their their market share as well. But it was fairly consistently at about a 4.9% increase. And and obviously there's variables to that. Take us through a little bit of the last couple of years. Obviously post-pandemic has been uh, a challenge and a, and a change for a lot of companies, not just in shipping and logistics, but across the board. But maybe tell us a little bit about what's been unique about the last couple of years. You bet. That's a, that's a lot to unpack. It's a meaty question. It's a great question, TJ. I'll do my best. So to start, uh, I'd say the GRI has morphed over time with regard to the carriers kind of being a victim of their own revenue management policies, if you will. What I mean, when uh, UPS or FedEx look at their cost to serve across their entire product mix, so you might imagine some packages are making more money for them than others. So there's been a, a weird emphasis on things that don't drive as much revenue. For example, lightweight, short zone packages. And so over the years of increases, particularly increases when you mentioned 4.9%, you know, the increase on a, on a lightweight short zone package might be much greater than 4.9. So you compound that year over year over year over year. After a while, they kind of create their own destiny. The volume now moving through a carrier network is heavier weight, longer stuff. And next thing, you're like, oh, my goodness, now I'm getting hit on that side. So now they hit, start hitting the heavyweight stuff. And so you kind of have that kind of noise going on, specifically going back to the last couple of years, the pandemic and what's going on. It, you know, I'm going to defend the carriers for a minute here. Uh, the intent here is just to educate, not to beat anybody up. But the pandemic fundamentally turned the small parcel supply chain upside down. So if we go back to early 2020, pre-pandemic, I would tell you at a high level, you had roughly a 50-50 split commercial residential. I, you know, residential maybe is a little more dominant than that, but it was roughly 50-50 split. Boom, effective April 2020, everybody had to stay at home. Businesses shut down. So what happened? Things went from 50-50 to 80-20, 85-15, being residential. Well, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that has any interest in listening to a podcast of this nature. Residential deliveries have a different cost to serve than commercial deliveries. Entirely different impact to a carrier network. And so it really, really upended the carrier's 
cost structure, their cost modeling, their business plan, their operations for a variety of reasons. And so they had to kind of align a rate structure that allowed them to stay profitable, provide a return to their investors during this time frame. And so what you saw and what we're living in right now, you know, and I kind of think of GRI as almost inflation. You know, inflation is a buzzword right now. It's really, it impacts all commerce. It impacts your Amazon deliveries. It, impact, it impacts, you know, a delivery that your grandmother sends you. You know, everybody pays these. To your earlier point, you know, death taxes and GRIs, right? Everybody, it's unavoidable. So the carriers at a high level have had to push more rate increases to account for that fundamental change in the supply chain and the buying patterns of the consumer. And then, as is always the case, when you introduce a revenue stream to a carrier, they cling on to it. They have to show, they, they fall in love with that revenue. They can't let it go. And so invariably, when something gets introduced for valid reasons, pandemic being a very valid reason, the carriers are going to find a creative way not to let that revenue stream go. And so that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing higher than what we've historically seen for rate increases. It's become more complex, more nuanced, and they're, uh, they're creatively rebranding some of these surcharges and things that enter the marketplace during the COVID pandemic. Um, I think that's interesting. The, the surcharges oftentimes are overlooked when someone thinks of a GRI. Right. They, they think of the base rate getting increased and, and they don't think about the real impact of how the surcharge influences that. But as we've seen the last couple of years, surcharges end up being, in many cases, the, the bulk of the, of the increase. And depending on the shipper's profile, Glenn, to your earlier point, you know, if you're an e-commerce shipper sending a lot of residential, those surcharges are not only expected, but they're the ones taking the brunt of these increases. You bet. You bet. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, it's it's not uncommon at all when when you drill down and look into a client or a shipper's uh, shipping supply chain expense across small parcel, easily 30 to 40 percent of it can be comprised of what we call surcharges and accessorials. There's a lot of reasons for that. Some are appropriately aligned with additional services or expenses the carrier is incurring in the delivery and the processing of that parcel. A great example would be additional handling. If you opted to ship a 100-pound carton via FedEx, you have to realistically realize that can't move on a conveyor. That's going to kill somebody. It's going to crush other packages. It has to be handled a different way through a different process. It's a higher expense. Therefore, there's a surcharge for it. Um, in addition, it's a market-driven thing going on here too. There's a lot of really smart people out there in procurement seats. A lot of smart COOs, a lot of smart presidents, CEOs. They're great negotiators. They're great business people. They are very good at negotiating contracts when they understand the marketplace and they understand what their spend is. How do the carriers combat that? Make it murky. The more opaque 
the rate structure and how they're getting billed, the more the advantage falls to the carrier. And so it can be very easy for a skilled sales rep for a carrier to placate that good negotiator, give them that great transportation discount, that direct transportation discount that you earlier talked about, but then manage or maintain that margin through accessorials and surcharges, things that the client doesn't understand, can't quantify, doesn't even know how to ask for, right? And what the sensitivities are around with it. So it gets very, very detailed, very complex, very quickly. And it's super important, particularly when looking at the general rate increase of any carrier, you need to look at what's happening to the accessorials and surcharges as well. Those invariably are higher than what the announced percent increases are in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned any of the carriers. I think that's the other maybe unknown for a lot of shippers or something that goes missed, but the GRI is uh, is not specific just to FedEx and UPS. I I come from that LTL background as well. And one of the key components to any carrier negotiation centered around how long could we freeze pricing? We're going to do a phenomenal job of, of helping a customer to get better pricing. And then our goal was at a minimum to freeze it for a year and, and then analyze the impact in the next coming year. What other carriers and, and are, are there other carriers that we could see these GRIs come across as well? You bet. You bet. Um, just about just every carrier imposes a rate increase of some sort, TJ. You know, it used to start with the USPS. USPS used kind of set the waterline for the revenue management strategy for the year for the small parcel carriers, what they were doing with priority mail, first class mail, that type of stuff. It's evolved over time. But there's a whole host of regional carriers. Great, great carriers. Some are great. Um, they all look to what the big two are doing, UPS and FedEx. They all look to what the USPS is doing. And they all impose a rate increase very strategically to align with the market they're trying to appeal to, TJ. So uh, again, I think your first comment, death taxes and GRIs is very apropos here. There is There is no escaping GRIs. It's just a question of understanding them and uh, better yet, maybe devising a strategy to mitigate them or, or completely eliminate uh, the effective one in a given year or what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, let's talk through that a little bit. I think we've gone through, I hate to label it as, as doom and gloom because it's not doom and gloom, but it is, it is an impact, right? It's an annual impact that every, every shipper has to be prepared for. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a million dollar shipper who's, you know, been with FedEx for a number of years. I've got a phenomenal relationship with my carrier. Maybe I've dabbled in the waters with a few regional carriers. And, you know, the last couple of years, these these carrier rate increases have vastly impacted my business. What can these customers do? What are some of the strategies that exist in the marketplace that help that million dollar, two million, five, ten million dollar shipper or less, obviously, to minimize some of those cost increases? You bet. Another great question. You know what really stuck with me when you were laying that out, TJ, is one is uh, when a client says, hey, I've got a great relationship with my carrier, great relationship. I always want to really kind of unpack that for starters. So first of all, I'll be the first to advocate. You want a great relationship with your suppliers and your vendors. That's, that's important for a healthy, growing 
business and brand. You need that collaboration. But invariably, when I hear happy, uh, my, my antenna go up. That tells me maybe this client, maybe this shipper isn't really keeping their eye on the ball. Maybe they like their carrier rep. Maybe their carrier rep just took them to NASCAR. You know, maybe the carrier rep makes a point of taking them out to lunch on a regular basis. Very responsive from a customer service perspective. Those are all great. But what does what does happy really mean? As far as strategies, you know, TJ, visibility to rate data is critical. Critical. It's the foundation of anything you want to do at that point. And so my number one piece of advice is get yourself aligned from a technology's perspective to get full granular visibility to your small parcel spend in all of its intimate detail. If you don't have that, you don't stand a chance of formulating a reasonable plan or confirming whether or not your plan even executed the plan. You know, I, uh, like I said, I grew up in working for the carriers and I've been around the space too long. One of the famous sayings that they taught us as operators back in the day was a plan to failure, a plan, uh, I mean, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. You got a plan, a plan requires data, requires visibility. You need technology that allows you to do that. That's the first thing. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. I, there's nothing more jarring than speaking to a, a potential customer and having them basically outline that their visibility is centered around a, a weekly report that comes from the, the carrier website and is, is really a limited data set. It's, it's eye-opening when, when a customer actually sees that tracking level detail laid out for them with trends and analysis, and then you start applying the actual impacts of those rate increases, it makes, it makes for a, telling a new story and a new strategy going into, into the new it year. It does bring up an analogy, TJ. I don't mean to step on you, but it just... No, please. Um, here's how I would compare it. Yeah, we're coming up on tax season, right? Oh, yeah, we are. And, and your point is valid about clients relying on their carrier to tell them how they're doing, right? Or on reporting. Um, TJ, I don't know about you, do you do you go to the IRS to have them prepare your taxes for you? I haven't yet. Probably not the best idea, right? Right? Kind of a rhetorical question. So, you know, you're best served going to a certified accountant that specializes in taxes. Yeah. And looks at that with a level of expertise and granularity uh, to legally mitigate how much taxes you're going to pay that year, right? Why on earth? Would a shipper rely on their vendor, tell them how they're doing or rely on them for analysis? How can you expect a reasonable result if that is your modus operandi? Yeah, you're, you're spot on, Glenn. And, and I think the tax analogy is incredibly well suited for this type of conversation because, it's again, it's that annual experience that everybody has to go through. It's coming across the board to every customer, every individual and learning to navigate that, having the expertise at your fingertips. I, I always crack up every year. My accountant pulls out his book and it's the new book from the year. 
and that it is it's as thick as a bible right it is it is a very very thick manuscript and you know by the time i get to him it's usually in february-ish time frame and he's already got that marked up like that book's been around for for 20 years he's had it less than a couple of months so having the that expertise is such a value added partnership and obviously you know companies like iDrive logistics and and others out there that are trying to provide the that data insights and and visibility is is such a huge help there kind of breaking this down a little bit again just highlighting the key points as we talk about this rate increase and and the impact number 1 this is an annual rate increase. I mean, one of the first things that I'm hearing you say, Glenn, is especially when those are announced, which typically is in the end of the previous year. I think last year was, it felt like it was later in the year than it had been in, in previous years. But last year it was, jog my memory, UPS first that, that announced and FedEx followed. Yeah, it's always a kind of a game of cat and mouse between those two on who goes to market first and who wants to do that. This year it was FedEx first followed by UPS. FedEx first. Yeah. 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 FedEx first. And, and, you know, so one of the key points that you've outlined is when those rate increases are, are announced, don't take that lightly. Take the opportunity through the end of the year to run that data. Look at what the, that cost impact is going to be. Typically budgets are run at the end of the year, right? For the upcoming year. So being able to know and understand what that impact is going to be to your business is what helps drive that that budget for the next year. Number two, unique time for the last couple of years, post-pandemic, where the carriers were at max capacity, you know, shut off services like some of the guaranteed refunds that are included, guaranteed service refunds and things of that nature. And we are coming out of that a little bit, but we are still seeing the carriers heavily, heavily pushing on that residential, which is has a higher cost and thus the higher GRIs that are being hit. I loved your analogy of inflation, and that's exactly what it feels like. That it feels like that we're we're hitting some of that carrier inflation. Number three, this is not unique to just the FedEx and UPS shippers out there. Uh, Glenn, do you do you recommend to all shippers, or is it more of a case by case of when does it make sense to have a a different carrier mix in play? Great question, and that's a uh, that that has a lot of caveats to it um, at a high level. DJ, I think anyone responsible for growing their brand and trying to improve the customer experience must be looking at re-engineering their supply chain on an annual basis. It doesn't have to be a complete overhaul, but a new few tweaks, a few nuances, better alignment, understanding things. And so if I bring that into some things that are on the radar for 2023. I mean, this is a this is kind of an unprecedented time. It's very interesting. We're coming in now where we're we're post pandemic. Average daily volumes are down a bit. People are working again. People are shopping at stores. Sometimes don't get me wrong. the The direct to consumer channel is still alive and well and growing, but in comparison to the pandemic volumes, it's it's different. But I would contend that today, now in 2023, the logistics professional, the operations professional, the procurement professional is going to have to make many more decisions in 2023 than they ever have, TJ. Uh, You've got the effect of a general rate increase, one that I might add 
it's announced at 6.9%, but what I am seeing are increases that are much more appropriately aligned to closer to 10% for many shippers based off the impact of accessorials and surcharges. You have to get your head around that and stay competitively aligned. You have to know what's happening in the marketplace. We have a UPS Teamster negotiation happening in 2023. Scary times, bud. Scary times. Um, you know, if those Teamsters ch choose to go on strike and walk, what is your game plan as a shipper? Do you have a contingency? Have you planned for that? Or are you just held hostage to the market? Uh, so a lot to think about in 2023. But at a minimum, just standard best practices from a supply chain and procurement perspective, the carriers open the door for you to take a look and have a discussion with them around fine-tuning your partnership every single year. Because every single year, they push through that rate increase, right? And that rate increase is complex. It differs from what they announce and what they tell you it is. And even if you think you're protected with a rate cap, rate caps don't apply to accessorials and surcharges. And don't forget, 30 to 40% of their spend is tied up with those indices. So everyone's affected. Everyone should be looking at this on an annualized basis and understanding it purely, if nothing else, for budgetary purposes. And you can't do that without great technology and great access to accurate granular data. Absolutely. Glenn, you're a rock star. Very, very much appreciated. I, I think this is hopefully hugely valuable, but also give some perspective on the marketplace today. There, It's a unique time. We have unique times coming down the pipeline. So very, very much appreciate your, your insight. Want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. As always, you can follow Glenn on LinkedIn at Glenn Gooding. You can follow me at LinkedIn, TJ Roberts. You can also follow iDrive Logistics. We will be posting a lot more information in the coming months related to UPS and the Teamsters and the, the potential strike, but also how to better understand the GRI impact, any other potential changes that are coming to the marketplace. Glenn, great to see you. Look forward to, uh, to joining you again on a future episode. Looking forward to it, TJ. Thanks again for the time. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, everyone.